Welcome back to Become a Calm Mama. I am your host. I'm Darlene Childress. I am a life and parenting coach. And my main job is to help moms feel calm. I also help moms know how to emotionally coach their kids and how to set limits without using pain or punishment. And last week I talked about the the topic was the problem of modern motherhood. And ultimately, I came to the conclusion that the problem with modern motherhood is this I all of the expectations, all the things that we are expected to do as moms that we're responsible for. And this pressure that we feel to do it right and do it well, otherwise, you know, we're going to fuck up our kids or mess up our kids. There's this thing that people say a lot of like, oh my God, my kid's going to end up in therapy over me, you know, and really therapy is not the worst thing that could happen to your children. I mean, I, I think therapy is amazing. I think coaching is amazing. I think it's really great to have a place where you can process negative emotion and get perspective and know how to frame your life differently. So I think there's a lot of value in it. I don't think we need to stigmatize it. But I think what parents are worried about, what you are probably worried about is like, I don't want my kid to grow up and not like me, not like themselves, not be liked by others and not know how to be, you know, in the world, how to be successful. So we have these fears as parents and I've talked about them on the podcast before. So what we do to alleviate our fears is try to do everything right, to try to do everything perfect as a mom. And our thought is, you know, if I do everything perfect and I do everything right, my kid won't experience pain or discomfort. They won't have any negative experiences and I will have done my job. And that's actually not how the world works. You cannot prevent pain or discomfort, you know, just this week. Someone I know, one of my clients, wasn't able to be at an event at the end of the school year. And, you know, that's sad. That's hard. That's life, right? Or babysitters leave or, you know, you have to move or you get divorced. Like things happen in life and preventing pain isn't really, that's not really supposed to be our goal as parents, We don't want to prevent pain. We want to give our kids tools to navigate negative emotions and negative circumstances. So when I think about trying to help you become calm, right? I talk a lot about in the moment, how to pause and reset, right? Taking a pause break, giving yourself a chance to, you know, not react from your stress cycle, from your stress response, not take out all of your stress and anxiety and dump it on your kids by yelling or threatening or, you know, complaining to them. Really, you give, I want to help you have the tools to manage your negative emotion and your stress so that you don't dump it on your kids. That really is ultimately the way to help them grow up to be healthy is if we don't, you know, dump our crap on them. Of course, we are human. You're going to, it's okay. Perfection is never our goal and nor is it possible. And so we talk a lot about, you know, in the moment, how to manage your stress. But I also spend a lot of time, particularly in my programs, in the Emotionally Healthy Kids class, Emotionally Healthy Teens class, and in the Calm Mama Club, and of course with my one-on-one clients, 
I spend a lot of time helping parents reframe parenting, really reframe behavior, reframe how they think and feel about when their kids misbehave. And that has to do with education, understanding that feelings drive behavior, and also giving you kind of perspective. So that's what this episode today is about. It's a follow-up from last week's episode where I kind of laid out all the expectations that you have and that when you try to measure up to them, you feel, you know, you feel bad. And I mentioned on that episode that the way that I have gotten out of, you know, kind of this toxic motherhood or performing mothering, performing motherhood, I don't ever want to perform motherhood. I don't want to prove anything to anybody because my my goal as a mom isn't about making sure other people think I'm a good mom. <laughs> uh, if I If I spend a lot of time trying to do that, then I may not actually show up as the mom I want to be. So performing motherhood and the toxic messages of motherhood are, you know, are, are, are stressful. You know, they create artificial expectations that we can't measure up to and it leads to burnout, um, overwhelm and guilt. So I mentioned that I have framed my experience as a mom and my parenting goals um, in these three ways. The first one is my goal is my kids' emotional health and their well-being. The second is my relationship with my kids. So I'm always looking at how can I help my kids um, be emotionally healthy or emotionally resilient? What what am I doing in my family to build emotional health? And when I make decisions, I look, okay, is this going to help build emotional health and well-being or, or tear it down, right? I'm moving my kids towards independence and emotional health is part of that. I look at things and I think, okay, how is this going to affect my relationship with them? I don't want to show up in, in a way that's disconnected or um, I don't want them to take away, my, take all of my insecurities and my anxiety on. I want to strengthen my relationship with them. So when I am interacting with them, that's my goal is that I have a good relationship with them. And that does not mean for me, that does not mean being their friend. Um, I think friendship is very mutual. It's where both people rely on each other for emotional support. And I don't rely on my children for emotional support. That would be a friendship right? I'm their mom. They can rely on me for emotional support. That's how I see my role. That's how I see this relationship. And then I look at the decisions we make as a family and I look at how are those going to uh, affect my mental and emotional well-being. So yeah, I view things from somewhat of a, you could think of it as selfish lens when I make parenting decisions or decisions of how to spend our resources, our time, our money, or our energy. Those are the resources we have as a family. Those are your resources. And so I look at, um, you know, making decisions about whether my kids are going to be in a sports program or travel program, you know, travel sports or how much stress I'm going to put around, you know, uh, what they eat or how they look, what they, what their dress, you know, how, how well they dress. Um, I have had to drop some of those, those expectations 
on fitting in and, and showing up in a certain way in order to protect my kids' emotional health or protect my relationship with them or protect my mental and emotional well-being. So yes, that might look selfish to on the outside because there's this whole idea that moms should be like self selfless and saints. And, you know, you look at tributes of women who've passed away too young and it's so tragic, but a lot of times they're like, wow, she, you know, she was so uh, sacrificial and that's sort of this end all like goal. And that's what we're given social capital if we show up in a way that is, you know, sacrificial. And I am willing to sacrifice social capital in order to gain emotional health. Now, what do I mean by that? Social capital is this idea that how the rest of the community views you, then you are receiving some sort of credit, some sort of validation from the from the, your community. So how do parents get social capital, right? I looked, I made like a list of this. <laughs> it's like if your children are smart, if they get good grades, if they're really kind to everyone, if they are well-dressed, if they are athletic, if they're a good eater, if they're creative, if they're funny, if they're thin, if they're, you know, we have all of these external ways that, that society looks to us and says, okay, if you're performing as a mom, then we can look at all these benchmarks of success and then we can decide whether you're a good mom or not. Social capital is this idea that as a community, these are the things we value and those in the group who are able to, you know, show up in that way, then they will be able to obtain resources and favors and connections because they present in a way that is acceptable socially. Now, I was thinking of this example of like, you know, how our kids are dressed, right? So if you had a kid who, like me, who had sensory processing disorder and needed to have clothing that was really soft or that was washed many times or didn't like things right after they were washed or only wanted to wear a certain type of athletic pants or a certain type of leggings, then that child, my child, wasn't always well-dressed, right? Might have not been willing to wear, you know, socks or, um, you know, wear certain types of shoes or wear a hat or whatever it is that the group, the social group decides is the thing that's most valuable. If your kid doesn't represent that, there is, it can feel like there's a cost to it. It can feel like now I'm at risk. I'm putting my kid at risk. You know, if your child doesn't eat like everybody else, either eats a lot more or eats a lot less or is much more picky or whatever. And then they go to a play group or a play date or a birthday party and it, they, they act odd, right? Or outside of quote unquote norm, we can feel really insecure. Now that insecurity, it comes because we are a social species and we want to be accepted in the group. It can feel scary when we have to choose our kids' mental health, their emotional well-being, our emotional health, our emotional well-being, or the relationship we have with our kids, if we're choosing those things, sometimes 
the cost is maybe not being quote unquote as accepted by the group. Now here is the thing. If you are working really hard at creating a lot of social affirmation, social connection, you really worry that your kids aren't going to be well liked or they're not going to be accepted. You're going to put a lot of pressure on yourself. You're going to put a lot of pressure on your kids to perform at a certain level in order to get that external validation. Now, I know, you know, you're, of course, you guys are all, you know, you're a really intelligent woman and you're like, no, I I don't want to be like that, right? And I want to normalize that it makes sense that there's a pressure there to keep your kid measured up right? Like all the other kids are doing blank or all the other kids act like this and mine doesn't. And I'm worried that they're going to be rejected. I'm worried that they're not going to be liked. I'm worried they're not going to have friends. And we get scared for their emotional health. And then we put external pressure on them. I really want to help you flip this narrative because emotional health, emotional well-being, it actually comes from internal like true emotional health is this deep self-love. Like I like these pants, they are comfortable and I want to wear them. And even if the other kids are like, that's weird that you're wearing, you know, like there was this one kid in elementary school wore a puffy jacket, even in the sun, in the hot weather. And, you know, obviously he needed that sense of, of comfort and he needed that, 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 um, the, the compression of the jacket. And it was more important for him to wear the jacket than to not be hot. <laughs> and I remember looking and thinking, gosh, he must be so hot. He must be so uncomfortable. And sort of judging, not necessarily the parent, originally wasn't like that, but like, ah, you know, but really he was coping, right? He's doing his best. And when your coping skill is validated and, and you are treated like, a respectful person and that you're, you know, taking good care of yourself and that you're allowed to take good care of yourself, maybe you won't need so much coping. Maybe you'll feel good inside and then have more emotional strength outside so that you can show up as the individual that you are and be, you know, I know deep down you want your kid, you don't want to have people pleasing perfectionist conformist. I know that. But I also know that it feels risky when you go outside the norm, that there's a cost. I want to acknowledge that there actually is a cost, that our society is quite biased towards a certain ideal, right? There's an ideal for moms. There's an ideal for kids. There's an ideal for body sizes. There's an ideal for um, gender expression, whiteness as the default standard for how people should show up. These are real, actual societal expectations, beliefs, and norms. And they are actually destructive at their core because they don't allow for individualized expression. There's so much bias built in to these perspectives and these expectations, particularly around motherhood, that if you keep trying to meet them, you will feel terrible inside. And so will your kids, because here's what actually is helpful for a child. What they really need is to feel unconditional acceptance from their parent, 
I know you unconditionally love your children, but unconditionally accepting them exactly as they are is a challenge. Not because you are judging them, because you, not because you are, you know, criticizing them. It's more because of love, because you're scared for them. You're scared like, oh my goodness, if I let my child, quote unquote, let my child get fat, they're going to be socially excluded. If I let my kid, you know, fail or, oh my goodness, my kid doesn't know how to read yet and they're going to be considered dumb and they're going to be put back in classes and, you know, we are afraid And so then we kind of overparent in order to protect our children from social harm. But if you want to inoculate your children to protect them from social harm, what they actually need is a deep, deep belief that they are okay, exactly as they are. And they're going to borrow your belief. They're going to borrow how you view them. Where does a child's self-esteem come from? Where does their self-concept come from? It is an inheritance. It's an inheritance of your thoughts about them. That's their baseline. And then they get to determine how they think and feel about themselves. But you, you give them sort of a baseline of where, of how to think and feel. How do we do this? How, as a parent, are you supposed to raise a kid who to be emotionally resilient, to have, you know, a positive self-concept, to fully love and appreciate who they are exactly in the body that they're, they are in, in the brain that they're in, you know, how they show up in the world? How do you move through the discomfort and the fear around social, social harm, right? And... The, the recommendation that I have for you is to decide for yourself what is important to you. What, at the end of the day, when your kids are grown, how do you want to reflect back on your experience as a parent and looking at the results of like, okay, here was my experience as a parent, here's what I did, and here's the results. What are you wanting to use as the benchmarks of like your quote unquote success? If you want to make sure that your kids, you know, are socially accepted and and that the the externals are match up with what society decides is is good, right? Whatever society has decided is good that you you know at that time that you're going to, you know, make sure your kids fit. If that's your parenting goal, then that's fine. It's going to be hard to reach that because the truth is you cannot manipulate your children into some sort of mold. And I really want to challenge you to think about that, like thinking about, okay, my kid needs to be thin and smart and get good grades and kind to everyone and liked by everybody and have a good friend group and be athletic and be a good eater and be creative and also be funny. Like, If you think about that list and you're like, okay, these are my standards, these are my benchmarks of success, then you're going to have to really mold your child unless they're naturally this way, which nobody's every, no one's all of these things. 
So your kid is just this kid. It's like a person, just like a regular old person working, you know, moving through the world, looking like they look, acting like they lack, thinking like how they think. They have this brain. They have this body. Um, they have these preferences. And trying to change them and shift them into something that they aren't is, it's not impossible. It's really, really hard. And the cost of that is typically the, the child's self-esteem and your relationship with them. And this is why I am offering to you that you, you can opt out of some of this pressure. Yes, there will be maybe some cost in terms of social capital, like access to resources or access to connections that you really want for your family or for your children. But the benefit long-term of your child's emotional well-being far outweighs any short-term cost. Long-term, what your kids need is to believe that they are good enough, that they're worthy of love and value and appreciation and acceptance exactly as they are. I always say that the three things that kids need to hear from their parents is I love you, I'm proud of you, and you're going to be okay. And when I say I'm proud of you, it's exactly how they are. I'm proud of you for knowing that you need to keep wearing this t-shirt. Now, of course, hygiene is important. And if it gets smelly or it gets, you know, gross or whatever, you don't, this isn't a permission, permissive type of parenting, right? We still have limits. We still have boundaries. We take everything else that I've taught you in, in perspective. We're still going to be the parent, the leader, the guide. But what I want you to see is that instead of making your child wrong and, and parenting them from a place of fear, I want you to parent them from a place of leadership, from knowing what's important to you and what your values are as a family. So for me, I always anchor back into that being a mom is not my job. I don't look at my kids as a product that I'm going to be judged by. Whenever I get stuck in that place where I look at my kids and I'm like, uh-oh, they're not going to be okay. Uh-oh, you know, I don't like the direction they're going. I don't like who they're becoming. Then I end up over-parenting and dumping some of my fear and anxiety onto them and giving them a corrupted self-view, a self-view that says you're not acceptable exactly as you are. You have to change. You have to fit in. You have to be better, be different because I'm afraid. And either I'm afraid that people will judge me or people will judge them. And I'm telling you, it backfires over and over and over because at the core, the message they're receiving is you're not good enough. And that's what I am working towards avoiding is that underlying message of saying to my kids, you need to conform in order to be acceptable. You need to change in order for people to like you. You need to be better in order to be worthy. I don't want my kids to get that message. That means that I have to get rid of that message for myself, which is challenging for sure. I don't pretend to have you know, it all figured out inside of myself, but I'm able, and what I'm offering to you is catching yourself 
when you are thinking, you know, oh my gosh, my kid is, you know, not good in this way. You know, they're not thin enough, smart enough, good enough grades. They're not nice enough. They're not, uh, people don't like them. They're not athletic enough. They don't eat well. They, they're not creative. They're not that funny. When you start to get into that, they're not blank enough, that's because you're comparing them to some sort of standard in your head. And that's your opportunity to pause reset and reframe back to what are your standards? What is important to you? And I always go back to my kids' emotional health and well-being. What messages do they need to receive right now? What emotion do they need to be processing? What thoughts and thought errors do they have about themselves that I want to help them heal from? But what I need is to make sure that I'm not dumping a lot of my negative thoughts and my negative worries onto them about themselves. And that just requires work. It requires um, awareness and your own healing, right? And so as a mom, we have this opportunity to work out some of our own insecurities. And instead of using motherhood to prove our worth, and using our kids' behavior to prove our acceptance, we can actually actively work on proving it to ourselves and to taking on that responsibility of validation and acknowledgement for us. And how do we do that? We go back to what matters to us, looking at the things that are most important for me and my family are my kids' emotional well-being, the strength of my relationship with them, and my emotional well-being. And that's my measurements of success. Those benchmarks that people look for to decide whether they're, you know, on track or not. Instead of looking for it on the outside of like performance-based parenting, I want to look at it from a perspective of relationship-based parenting. Where are my kids right now and what do they need help and support with? And then from that place... I'm able to make better decisions about what actually is important for our family. That doesn't mean we don't ever care about grades or we don't ever care about hygiene or we don't care about health um, or, you know, what, or what we eat or how we talk to each other or, you know, the values that we have around kindness and all of those things are still there. But when I am gauging my kids and my value, particularly mine, I'm not basing it on my children's performance. Because otherwise, it's just a mess. And that's really that problem of modern motherhood is really trying to meet the societal expectations. And so this episode is parenting on your own terms. And that means we have to decide what are our own terms, what are the things that are important to us, and then creating a family and a community that facilitates and grows those values, those things that are important. And it's a hit or miss, you know, it's a, it's, it's like, uh, you you work a little bit, you grow a little bit and then something comes up and you're like, oh, you know, are my kids not that popular or wow, all these kids got invited to a party and mine's, my kid didn't, or huh, look at these bodies all look like that. And my child's body looks like this. And we might notice, you know, geez, my kid is so bad at blank or whatever. You're going to make comparisons, you're going to make judgments, so stuff's going to come up. That's okay. Just catching yourself 
soothing a little bit, reminding yourself, my kids are going to be okay. The most important thing for them is their own, their self-esteem, their self-concept. And I get a chance to build that up and focus on, you know, what's, what they're great at, who they are, like not even what they're great at, just like who they are, just like parenting the kid in front of you, not the one you wish you had or the one you're afraid that they'll become and delighting in that kid in front of you looking for evidence of how well they're doing, how amazing they are. I promise that evidence is there when you go to look for it. And that's another mindset strategy of, you know, moving out of your fear and recognizing what is going well now. What are my kids' strengths right now? What do I like about them right now? And then focusing on those things. What you, you know, what is it like what you focus on grows or something like that. And so, That's what I want you to take away from this episode is that, you know, you get to decide what's most important to you as a mom and you get to make decisions based on those things. And yes, there might be some costs to it, but in the long term, your kid will have a better, uh, a better perspective on themselves and they'll have a stronger self-esteem, a stronger self-concept, which is probably the best thing you could give your children long-term is that they like themselves. I like you. (laughs) Um, Not that it matters, but you know, I think anyone listening to this podcast is an incredible parent because you are working to dismantle some of the toxic messages of parenting and motherhood and behavior that are out there and wanting to do things differently. And Um, all for the sake of your child's mental and emotional well-being and your mental and emotional well-being. So give yourself a little pat on the back and give yourself some grace and just, you know, smile at your children, (laughs) delight in them and enjoy your week with them. And I will see you next week. 